Hey, it's your host, Mark Santiago, and I'm excited to introduce you to the next level of this podcast, Empowered AF 2.0. 2.0. In this next stage of Empowered AF, we're going to dive deeper into what it means to be an empowered man in his most advanced form. I'm talking healthy communication, healthy lifestyle, both physically and emotionally, and evolving into the man you've always wanted to be. So stick around and join me in this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. Man. You know, we're going to expand our series we've been doing on how to diffuse toxicity. You know, ideally, there's always some level of toxicity that you may or may not be met with. But the difference is learning how to navigate or mitigate that toxicity or just continuing to stoke the fire. And it really comes back to do we want to be right? Or do we want to be effective? Commonly, when guys fall into that dogma, and I get it, guys, we want to have the last word, want to be right, we want to prove them wrong. You know, my mom says, pick your battles and you get more bees with honey. And sometimes when it comes to diffusing the toxicity, we get to lean into being effective which sometimes means asking for something like healthy space. Now, how many guys, just so I can get a a check-in on the collective here, how many guys are experiencing some level of toxicity or uncertainty in their marriage? Put the number one in the chat. I saw some hands raised. Yeah. Man, isn't it interesting, Mark? Like so commonly, our ego comes out and we're like, I just want to be fucking right. What she's saying is wrong. Yeah. I was, I was actually going to say, I was like, the, the level of toxicity usually is a reflection of the toxicity in us. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> so, our, our partners are mirrors. Like, well, it's not that they're mirrors as much as that we, there is that concept of mirrors for each other, but there's also this understanding of self-ownership, right? Yeah. And, and how we approach our relationship. Now, I've been in a super unhealthy, toxic relationship, so I get it. Um, when you're in the midst of it, you can't see, you know, the 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 trees from the forest because you're in the depth of it. And so we're going to talk. I guess what are we talking about today? Just the specifics of how to get yeah, through that, how to diffuse the toxicity, yeah. um, and just, it's it's pretty pretty ambiguous. And we can zoom in specifically on questions. Uh, but there was something you had shared at the event. And something you had shared recently about ownership equals responsibility, shame equals what? It, it sounded like a really great play on words. I don't know. Um, it'll probably come back. <laughs> it'll it'll come out. I'm going to channel it out of you. It so, might be on a podcast somewhere. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I mean, the 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 emphasis was on the fact that the more ownership you take, the more freedom you get. Yeah. And and a lot of you are trapped in this dynamic because you refuse to accept ownership for your side. And I can 100% guarantee you, the more ownership you take over your situation, your shit, your whatever you're going through, the easier it is to let go and detach from the outcome. Because as I tell my team all the time, you essentially are, um, you have to earn the right to detach from the outcome. And the only way you can detach from the outcome is by actually giving yourself over to the process of becoming empowered and the empowerment is an ownership 
right? We become empowered the more ownership we have. And so to detach from the right to, uh, to detach from the outcome, we have to earn that right. We earn that right by literally doing the things that we know we can do and that we can control and leaving everything else up to whatever, the universe, God, whatever you believe in. Uh, because some of you are beating your heads against the fucking wall because you continue to try to control everything. Because as men, that's what we want to do is we want to control the situation. We want to control what's happening to us. You know, and if you think back to if you have sons, you look at your little boys and, and you watch how they try to take control of everything yep. because they're immature and that's their view of life. Um, and and so they might take like, say, one of the boys is, is, is fighting with the other boy and he takes it from him and beats the toy on the kid's head. Right. Like that's that's his way of exerting control. But we do the same thing. You know, like, oh, fine. Well, you don't want to have sex with me? Fine. I'm going to take my dick somewhere else and go masturbate. Mm -hmm. Right? Oh, you don't want to do this for me? Fine. I'm going to go find somebody else who would talk to me and, and coddle me and make me feel good about my feelings. It's what we do. I'm not immune to it. No, there's not one of us that are not immune to it. Yeah. But the key is to recognize it, own it, and, and, and grow from it. Right? The toxicity is only happening because you allow it to happen. A lot of you guys have heard uh, the toxicity in my in my former marriage, and even through the co-parenting. And, and I hear him to tell you, man, I have literally taught my ex-wife how to speak with me. She now texts me some shit this weekend that she wanted to do whatever, and I'm like, okay, this is how it's. And, and I talk to her the way I want her to talk to me. And now she's using words like, "I hear you." This is what I'm trying to say. This is all over text. And we were we were some nasty texting motherfuckers. Like like we had some toxic texting. And now she's literally learned that if she texts me in a certain way, the response is not going to be in a, it, it, what she wants it to be or what she thinks that she wants to get out of it. I'm not going to be emotionally baited because I've chosen within myself to own that. Say, that's not how I'm going to show up. And so we had this like argument over text, but it wasn't an argument. It was a discussion of here are my boundaries. Here's what I'm thinking. Here's what you're thinking. And we completely were on a different page. Like we were both in disagreement, but there was no accusations. There was no any of those things because she knows I does I do not respond to that because inside of me I've allowed the healing to take place I've gone through the work that it takes to develop those skills and in doing so I've diffused the toxicity even with someone I'm not married to anymore who would continue to accuse me would continue to come up with all this bullshit to try to control try to manipulate me because that's what she did during our marriage but anytime there's a a slight hint of out of pocket like whoa Hey, make sure, make sure you guys are meeting yourselves, please. Matt, make sure you meet. I got you muted. Uh, anytime you're out of pocket, it's like, whoa, I'm not going to respond to that. That's unhealthy. I'm setting a boundary here. This is not okay. We're not going to do that. And I am fucking firm. The reason your shit is the way it is is because you don't have boundaries and you're not, you're not firm in yourself. So you allow this person to, to talk to you this way and you allow yourself to talk to them that way. Because again, you lack boundaries. Boundaries are not to control her. Boundaries are for you. Boundaries are never about the other person. They are for you 100% of the time. If she's wanting to cheat on you, if she's wanting to do all these things, hey, it's not okay, but you can't control her. You can't make her stay home. I don't care how many GPS tracking systems you have on her. You can't make her not open her legs. You just can't. And if you do, you're controlling, you're manipulating. I remember we had one guy come into a program uh, several years ago and he was like already divorced 
And he was setting up the kid's schedule in such a way so that she couldn't go out and meet other men. Yeah. And it was manipulative. And on our first phone call, he recognized that and was like, holy shit, I need to stop doing that. Yeah. And now he's like, now, then he was like, now I want to get underneath why I was doing it. Yeah. It's because most of you are not asking the right questions. You're asking the wrong question. And the wrong question will get you the wrong answer every fucking time. But the right question will open you up to healing. It will open you up to clarity. It will open you up to freedom. I don't know how many guys on this call want that. That's what I want every fucking day. I want to be free. And in order for that to happen, I must own my shit. No matter what. My wife today, my current wife, literally laughs at me every time I start owning my shit because she's like, I know what you're doing. And I so appreciate you doing that in our marriage, but you don't have to. I'll take responsibility. And so we're like, literally like fighting over who takes responsibility for the shit because we both want to own it. And so her value has become that as well, where we don't have to argue. Her and I never have arguments. Do we have disagreements? Hell to the fuck. Yeah. Rare they are. But because I lead as a husband and lead in the marriage and say, nope, this is not acceptable. We will not act this way because this is not what I'm, I'm going to do. You go, well, Mark, well, how do you control that person? You teach them how to treat you. You have to teach them how to treat you because what you tolerate is what you promote to them. Some of you are tolerating bullshit that you don't need to be tolerating. And it all starts with a simple lie in your head. You're lying to yourself about your situation. You're lying to yourself about the reality of where you were at because our ego keeps getting in the way. Our ego keeps stopping us from seeing the actual fucking truth of where we are at. Look, guys, pride is the worst fucking thing you could deal with as a man because your pride is trying to stop you from growing and becoming the kind of man you possibly could be. But if you put down the pride and recognize the reality of your situation, recognize the reality of who you are as a man, how you were not showing up the way you wanted to show up, and you recognize that and you, you go, you know what? It's okay. I'm, I'm here to tell every one of you, it's okay that you are not where you want to be. What's not okay is staying where you are and knowing where you could be. It's okay where you are right now. What's not okay is staying where you are and knowing where you ought to be and what you could be doing to get there, but you refuse to do it because you refuse to do the fucking work because you refuse to be accountable. True leaders crave accountability. Fuck, true leaders demand accountability of themselves before they demand it of someone else. But think about that concept. I demand accountability of myself before I can demand it of my team. I demand accountability of myself before I can demand it from my wife. I'm on another one today. You, you can take over if you'd like. I feel like I'm, I'm about to just go off. <laughs> no, I'm just let, I'm letting you go. Um, cause there's a lot that guys can gather from this. You know, I, yeah. I believe that a lot of guys don't really understand what it means to take ownership. No. And I believe when we frame it, this leads to freedom. It kind of polarizes what that actually means. And, you know, I was, I was going <clears> to <throat> interject at one point and say, wait, you're telling me I can't control my wife with like the houses, the boats, the cars, the money. I can't control her with that stuff. So she sleeps with me when I get her a car. <laughs> I mean, that shows how much you value yourself. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm sharing this because some of these guys laugh, but there's men that actually do that. Yep. When we had a guy that had his wife on a $10,000 a month um, auto, like auto subscription to her account, $10,000 every month. 
when I asked him why, and he was like, oh, spending money. And I was like, on what? On what? Man, and it's so interesting. Guys fall into this desire to control to get their needs met instead of clearly sharing what it is they actually want. And realistically, if you're in this cycle, the longer you continue on that path, the worse it's going to get. I know one of the questions in the chat was from Brian T. Toxicity is a hard cycle to break. How do you break this cycle? Reminds me of the cycle of dysfunction. You want to answer this? I mean, it starts with you, man. Like the only reason there's toxicity is because you accept and allow it. Yeah. That's the only reason, 100%. Because you get to choose what you do. You get to choose whether or not you put up with it. You get to choose whether or not you engage with it. And it's your fucking choice. And until you own that, like, I mean, here at the end of the day, not all, some of us are just not strong enough to be in a relationship with a person who is toxic and you must walk away. I mean, that's just, that's what I chose to do. I recognized I could not stay married to this person anymore. And I went and filed for divorce. I did that. I fully owned it 100%. To this day, I say that I am 100% responsible for the failure of my marriage. I take full responsibility for the failure. I take full responsibility and accountability to it because I want nothing left to chance. I want nothing left to say, well, but she cheated on you and she did this and she did that. Fuck all of that. What matters was as a man, I was unable to be healthy in a relationship with her, whether it was my own work, whether it was the stuff that I, I went through, whatever it was. I made that choice for the both of us. And that choice was the greatest decision I ever made. Now, I don't get up here and promote divorce and, oh, you got to get divorced. Fuck that bitch. All this other stuff. I will never do that because I do not walk a day in your shoes. You have to make that choice for yourself, but you also have to make the choice for what you are willing to put up with. And some of you are putting up with some shit as if you got no fucking value in yourself. You allow this person to walk all the fuck over you. You allow this person to cheat on you actively. You allow this person to do all these things. And my question to you is, what does that say about you as a man? But Mark, you, I don't want to, I don't want to tear my family apart. You don't want to tear your family apart. Yeah. Fam- your family is already torn apart. That's you're in denial. Your, your kids know it. Your kids feel it. You're the only one that's living in denial. She's not, you are. <laughs> it's just the the the, the whole we hear thing that is, we hear that all the time i don't want to oh yeah. i don't want to pull my i don't want to tear my family apart i'll stay together for my kids you know i had a man tell me oh my kids are my kids are two 16 years left <laughs> like 16 years of just existing yeah that's a long time no look there's two different there's two different sides of this coin right because there's some of you that are like I'm willing to wait it out. I'm willing to do those things. Fine. If you're willing to wait it out, fucking don't complain about it. Like, like that's all there is to it. If you want to, if you want to allow her to treat you a certain way, then you got no fucking place to, to complain about. It's like the people who complain about who's, who's in office and they didn't actually go and vote. You got nothing to fucking complain about. If you didn't vote in the election, you ain't got shit to say about this other person. You just don't. So when it comes to your situation with your wife, you have to make the decision based upon what you're willing to put up with. I was working with this guy early on when we first started the, the program, and he was watching his wife literally cheat on him, meaning like he had access to all her stuff, whatever. Guys, I did the same fucking thing because I felt like, well, if I just stick it out and I know what she was doing, here's what I figured out in the process of this. Those of you who are, who are, who are gluttons for this is that I figured out I valued myself so little 
that I wanted to know how she was cheating on me so that I could continue to reinforce the belief inside of myself that I'm not worth anything. And so I allowed her to do this. I mean, allowing in the sense that, you know, I did scream at her. I did yell at her. I did kick her out I did, or tried to do all these things. I, I did those things, but I continuously went to the, the trough of shit to spy, to do whatever, because I didn't value myself. I didn't value myself enough to walk away. And again, this is not about divorce, but putting boundaries in your place. And so when I finally valued myself enough and said, enough's enough, this ain't happened. And she left. You can't be afraid to rock the boat, man. And her leaving ended up being the best thing for me. It started my empowerment journey. Now, did I bring her back? Yeah, I did. I manipulated her. Some of you don't know this about my story. My wife left me. I manipulated her back on multiple occasions, two or th three that I can think of off the top of my head of times that she left me and I manipulated her back. And I thought, this is why we don't save marriages, guys, because I thought I'd save my marriage. I didn't save anything. What I did was I prolonged the death of what was already happening and it had already happened. I was prolonging what was already there because I was in denial. I was lying to myself of what was to be. And then I found myself two, three years later, not in love with my wife anymore, feeling like I was trapped in a marriage that was destined to fail and was already failing because it had already failed 10 years before. And so I stayed for those kids, including creating another child in that situation. So going from three to then four kids who are now experiencing trauma at a high level because of the friction and all the stuff. And I said, enough is enough. I must walk away. Mm. And I take the L I take the L I take the L I completely take the L it is a hundred percent on me. I don't care what she did. Some of you can know her story. I, I don't really give a fuck what she did, how she treated me. None of that matters. What matters is I'm 100% responsible for me. It is extreme ownership because that gives me the freedom to not worry, to not think about, well, you know, had she done this, man, we could have worked. Yeah, no, none of that matters. What matters is I made a choice and I live with that choice. I'm 100% accountable to that choice. And guys, for me, it was the greatest choice I could have ever made. I'm remarried. I'm in a happy, healthy relationship. I have beautiful stepchildren. We have seven kids combined. We live in an, inc an incredible neighborhood, an incredible house. Well, like, like she's helped me be so much better in so many ways. My, my new wife, uh, she's a partner with me here in, in Empowered Man. And all of that comes because I made a choice to move on and not be toxic and unhealthy anymore. I'm not saying the grass is always greener. That's not what this is about. You got to make your decision for you. But if you're holding on for the wrong fucking reasons, it will come back and bite you in the ass. Your kids already know. Your kids already feel it. Your kids are experiencing it at a level you don't even realize. The, the fights that you have, all these things. And I remember when I talked to my therapist about this, when I was going through it and I was like, I just need to stay for the kids. She's like, but why? And I was like, well, because, yeah. you know, they, they, they need to grow up in this kind of family. But where did that belief come from? Why is it not possible? I mean, I'm here to tell you guys, all four of my kids are thriving at a higher level than they ever were in my last marriage. Thriving. My daughter just graduated high school. She's getting ready to go to college. She graduated with a 3.7 GPA. My middle son, who really went in a dark place when we were fighting and all that stuff, he's going into his junior year. He's doing incredibly academically. Do they have problems? Of course they do. Every kid has problems. But there's a way to help them heal through that process because I got right. You, you, you think that because you're going through it, your kids are going to experience it and they're just going to be all fucked up and messed up because that's what happened to you. 
That doesn't have to be the case. Those of you who are in the midst of divorce or thinking that's probably where it's going to end up, your kids don't have to be worse. It's what you choose to do. It's what you allow to happen. I chose, I said, when I walked away from my marriage, I'm going to create a new chapter, a new family with just those kids. And we did that. And it was a sweet time. It was an amazing time. And then we met my current partner and we got married and we created a whole new family. And my kids feel like they're a part of something bigger and better than they ever did before. And it's not to compare my ex-wife to my current wife. It's to look at the, the fact that some of you are just believing lies about your situation that are not true. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Take a drink. Man, I'm so curious if you guys could share in the chat, like, what are you guys feeling right now? Like what's actually coming up for you? So I think a lot of guys on here, they're in one of two places. They're either in the place of, I have no idea what the to do at this point, or they're getting closer and closer to clarity, regardless on where they're at. Yeah. They're getting a big dose of reality. What we call that is truth serum. Most of the time we get so caught up in the stories we tell ourselves, man, it's like we become the best storytellers of our time. But when we bring it back to the truth, to the reality of what's happening, a lot of guys get stuck in the, the process or the in-between of, are they in love with the woman that she is right here, right now, today, or the potential and idea of who she can be? If it's the second, you're in love with an imagination because that's not who she truly is right now. Yep. I'm just reading the chat, feeling overwhelmed by the reality of my situation. I have another question that I'm going to bring up. Robert, which I believe he's on here, Robert M had asked, how do I know when it's time to give up? I think that's a big question. It's kind of ambiguous. And realistically, I can't tell you when you know when it's time to give up. But when you recognize that you are putting in the work and the effort to change the way things are, and if you're not being met there at that level, that should tell you everything that you need in that moment. I also got a, I got a direct message here. Um, well, I see there's a comment here from Randy. It says comment content seems off topic. So Randy, I'd, I'd love for, I don't know if you can post in there. What, what is it that you'd like to hear? Cause we're talking about toxicity. That was the topic diffusing toxicity. What's your specific question? Well, I think, you know, so far you guys have done a lot of, you know, what you're dealing with, but it hasn't really focused anything on how to actually deal with the toxicity and how to deal with the conflict. So my situation, my wife moved out and occasionally we have disagreements on our separation agreement, but mostly our conversation is really just around the kids or schedule. And uh, I'm looking for ways to the connection and emotional connection, you know, safety type approach I've done, you know, lots of growth, but she's still kind of somewhat in fantasy land with her affair partner a little bit, but also, you know, despite all the growth that I've made and changes, she was like, well, I kind of, you know, shut my heart off and decided it was over a while ago. And, you know, it just doesn't feel like it's coming back. 
Yeah. So not that I'm really doing anything wrong because she said, you know, for the past year when she moved back in the first from the first time, everything's great and what I always wanted, which I feel like there's probably more to it that she's not willing to share and open up about. Um, but we sold her aunt's house and had some money and she decided to either move out to be back on the fence. And I told her that I wasn't supporting it anymore and that, you know, it you know, had to be over and she had to cut communication. And she's like, well, I guess I got to move out then. And I'm like, I guess so. Um, so here we are. So what I what I hear you saying is that you're trying to figure out how to rekindle uh, the emotional connection so that she would come back to you. Potentially, yes. Yeah. So um, <laughs> I'm very familiar with that style. Um, I I went through it myself when I was in my situation. Um, I, I if I can be very frank about affairs, um, they have to want to be over it. Um, that takes anywhere from six months to three years in limerence to, to uh-huh. get over it. Um, what we teach our guys in Thrive specifically who are experiencing that is the idea of time, space, consistency, the, the give her time, give her space, do it consistently. And so while you may not be seeing results, it's possible there's results, but the only way to really, really understand that is to literally detach from the outcome of trying to save this thing. And that's hard because you're gripping onto something that's already done. It's already dead. It's already gone. The only way to move forward is to create a new marriage. So you, if you're in the focus of like, okay, I want to create a new marriage. Well, it's impossible to happen until she joins you in that, but you can do this type of work. So the the practical things of what we're talking about, the diffusing the toxicity stuff, we use what we call power statements, power triangles, all the type of stuff that we teach in Thrive. So, but the specific of it would be in your situation. It's like continuously do the things that you know you need to do but know this is you can't control whether or not that like connection comes back. You're basically just in the grieving process and somewhat of in denial. And until you've like accepted that it, you're going to be constantly frustrated with all these different things. You're going to be hearing this from this guy and hearing this from that person and YouTube over here and blogs over here, marriage helper there, you know, thrive bulletproof. Like there's all these different people all telling the same shit, which is it only takes one to save the marriage. And I thought bullshit. In my fucking opinion, it's bullshit. And that's because they all want to sell you on the idea that, well, if you just do this work, brother, you're going to save your marriage. I call bullshit. I really do. Um, do I think you can bring her back some way? Yeah. Manipulate her. It's easy to manipulate a woman. You can talk to her a certain way. I can manipulate my ex-wife currently today. If I want to, if I wanted to manipulate her and back into a relationship, I could probably do it because we're good at doing that. But it's really comes back to you and what do you want? Right. And it's like, like, why do you want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with you? I'm not saying you got to ask that answer that question on here, but that's, that's, those are the types of questions that we want to know because that's the healing journey, right? Like you're, you're experiencing right now, some of the, the, the darkest shit ever in your life. Um, and I know this because I've lived it and to overcome and to get on the other side takes a lot of fucking work. And so maybe you're doing some things. That's awesome, man. Keep doing the things, whatever it is that you're doing. I don't know what it is. But I would assume it's, you know, you're, you're, you're focusing on your growth emotionally, mentally, all those types of things, but there's so much more. And, and when I say there's so much more, I mean, there's more for you than you can even possibly fathom. Like a lot of times guys would be like, yeah, I started reading books or I started, you know, listening to YouTube videos and things like that. But like, but like that's, they're just two Xing. They're just like d- maybe doubling where they were. And what we do here is we 10 X you. Like we're, we're not focused on just getting you back to par. We're focused on like making you a 10 X man where you like are completely thriving in every dimension of life. Because the things that show up for you now are the things that have been showing up for you your whole life. They just got put on display and it just became a spotlight on you. And it's like, fuck, what do I do with this now? 
And so the opportunity for growth is completely different for what we do, especially compared to a lot of what I hear, because it's not about manipulating her back into the marriage. It's about you figuring out what you want. Because at the end of the day, if you can choose for yourself, hey, I want this marriage and this is what it's going to look like. And you start to create that and you just do your thing. Awesome. If she comes and joins you, great. If not, you know what to do to move on. And that's why we say when you come into Thrive, you put yourself in the most powerful position possible to either get your wife back and, and create a new marriage with her, or you put yourself in the most powerful position possible to move on. And that's that's how you win with what we do. Yeah, which which I feel like I'm doing a lot of that and you know, 2x, 10x, whatever. But I feel like at some point as I'm doing that, it's where do I build the relationship with her to where that would be an option that we could talk about and discuss versus, you know, talking every day just about the kid's schedule or the weather, like doesn't really do much to foster any, you know, feelings or things like that. So that even if it flames out with this guy, you know, how do I take down that mental hurdle she has of some of her past slights and in reality, I feel a little bit like she's, upset that with the growth and changes that I've made since she started the affair, even though I feel like, you know, things, I'm not going to say they were great, but I, you know, I do feel like things by any means were no, were terrible, but she just kind of, as I was dealing with some family stuff for our parents kind of didn't keep the focus on her the way I should have. But so I feel like she couldn't communicate to me that she was needing things. And uh, now she's resentful that once I found out, like I've made, some changes and her more of the focus and center. I feel like she's a little resentful of that as well. So it's like, how do I take down some of that wall she's got up to at least if, you know, three months, six months, whatever from now, it does flame out that if I want it and we want to have the discussion to rebuild it right, that that's an option versus starting that process six months from now, if that yeah. happens. So part of the, the thing is you're violating the laws of attraction right now. Um, you, you're, you're like overabundantly clear that you want a relationship with her. And that, that keeps, that keeps you as a, a nice second option. You're, you're her say, safe second option. So when this thing fails, whatever, blah, blah, blah. But here's the other thing is I've seen it go so many times where that, that affair will fail. And then they'll go find somebody else because you're still just the safe second option. Cause they know you'll always be there and they can just manipulate you. Uh -huh. So that's why the real question has nothing to do with how do I, how do I create this environment? How do I, how do I do this stuff? Like, I think that's the wrong question to be asking. I think the real question you'd be asking is why do you want to be with someone who doesn't want to be with you? Number one, number two, what life do you actually want to live? Like, what do you want your life to look like on a daily basis? What does a partner really look like for you? And I can almost guarantee if you get to the bottom of it, it's not going to be her or it'll be some elements of her, but not the fullness. Um, the other piece of that, I think that you've got to consider here is that until you detach from that outcome of trying to save it, you're going to consistently be in a place of disempowerment because you're constantly, she knows that you want to be with her. She knows that you are just that nice little safe option for when she chooses to do it. Um, but here's the thing is affairs change people dramatically. Um, when someone has an affair, it automatically changes their psyche and their, their, their brain. So all the things you're saying, like, dude, I've been doing this for years. Like I've got an affair video. If you haven't listened to it on don't let the affair define you. Um, and I, and I talk about the difference between the emotional affair and the physical affair and how it defines you. But essentially it's like, this It's kind of like her new boyfriend is like crack and she's now addicted to crack. 
and and uh-huh. you are you are a piece of shit. And so she's going to always put him on this higher level. She's going to compare you all the good things about him to you. She does that because of her own psyche and her own subconscious that says, oh, he must be better. That's the only way I could be with him and violated the boundaries and violated the rules of marriage. And that's why I'm that's why it's like that. So ultimately, man, I, I know it's hard to hear. And I can tell you're kind of in that place where you don't really you're not really ready to hear that. But that's the truth. And I, I don't I don't fucking I don't fuck around here. Like I'm not here to, to coddle you and make you like like me and want to be in my program. And not that I don't want to, but at the same time, like I'm just gonna tell you the truth. That's it. Like your marriage is over. Whether you can save it or not, I mean that's that's a possibility. That's always a possibility. But it's like why? Right. You have to be able to answer that question. Why do I want it? Um, and what is the reality of her of the situation? We we do an exercise we call truth serum and thrive, where we literally walk through that for seven straight days of like pounding into our heads. What is the actual reality of what is actually happening right now? Because it's so easy to lie to ourselves. It's so easy to tell ourselves a story that's not really true because our ego gets in the fucking way. Our ego wants to protect us from everything that is happening to us. Uh, that's the external circumstance. And what your opportunity right now, this is this is what I preach, man, is your opportunity right now is for the greatest level of internal growth you could ever have imaginably possible. And that is because when you're experiencing this, you get to the dark depths of you and it's you in that fucking mirror and you're looking at yourself and like, fuck, I don't like where I'm at. I don't like what this feels like. And it's your opportunity for growth. You choose to take it. Awesome. If you don't, it's on you. Yeah. I mean, personally, I'm trying, I, you know, I'm open to what you're saying and been hearing and been thinking about it. You know, I think the, the fear for me is I'm close to just burning it down. <laughs> uh, you know, my personality is like, you know, I'm not going to keep it open. Like if I turn that switch finally, like it's burnt down. And yeah. And, good, and that might like, be the thing you need to do. Yeah. I mean, the problem there is, you know, when I do that, then, you know, it's, it's burned down for good. It's like, it's not an option. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, what's wrong with that? I mean, she has chosen well, to not be with you anymore. She has chosen to be with somebody else. Like you're the yeah. only one living in denial right now, not her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think there is something said for, you know, mistakes and forgiveness and that you can rebuild stronger, stronger. So it's, you know, along the of lines of that, it's, you know, it's a possibility. You know, the question comes to become how long do I keep that that as a possibility? Um, of course. I guess if I could steal one other question here, I guess, with my kids, with you know, two older kids from her first marriage that are 23, 25, they live with me and they don't even want to talk to her. They're disgusted with her. Um, and then I have three younger ones that are four, seven, and eight that are pretty upset. You know, she's moved on twice now and they kind of don't always want to go with her. They feel a little stuck and like you know last night they're like she showed up and she didn't want to they didn't want to go with her and they're like we don't want to go but we have you know a set schedule and i uh struggle with how much to step in and kind of put the law down with them that this is the schedule you need to go but i feel a little bit like i struggle because somewhat she created this situation and i'm stepping into doing that it's kind of saving her from the reality like if she can't handle that and then, you know, some of that maybe is on her and she needs to own that versus, you know, is it more masculine and and leading to just take charge and, and tell the kids and save her from that, even though she probably, you know, it should is be it, on her. Is it saving her or is it just enforcing with your kids the boundaries? I don't know. That's where I'm kind of struggling uh, mentally I mean, to differentiate that. What I hear is that your line is. 
yeah, what I hear is you're just creating the boundary for your kids and you're saying, Hey, this is the thing you got to do this. Cause this is court or whatever, however you guys just, you know, came up with the agreement. Um, and it is what it is. I mean, like I hate, I have my kids 80% of the time, two of them and I have two of them hundred percent of the time. So even just bringing them over there is like, fuck, I hate it. But it's also part of the, you know, what I signed up to, what I agreed to. And I knew when I was filing for divorce, that was going to be a possibility. Um, I actually thought I was going to be 50, 50 and I ended up getting 80%. So I was fortunate in that regard. But it's still like they one of them specifically does not want to go over there, doesn't like her, you know, relationship, boyfriend, whatever. And he's abusive. It's just it's some shit. And there's like toxic things and there's nothing I can do about it. And again, this is where it's like what I do is I teach him how to handle conflict. I teach him how to handle his emotions. I talk with him through his emotions when he goes before and when he comes back. So I'm I'm bring, being as healthy as I can be. And that's what allows me to detach from the outcome of the situation. So enforcing mm-hmm. the boundaries, in my opinion, are, are extremely important for the situation. And, and if anything, that gives you respect. And, you know, whether she sees it or not now, I do think a lot of times these things will come back and, and be a positive. What I'd rather happen for you, man, is like, let's say you burn it down. I'd rather her come back three years and go, man, that was the dumbest thing I could have ever made happen. And I regret divorcing you. And I regret, you know, having an affair. And I regret all those things. That's a win. You know what I mean? Like, and I think if you do the right things, that is ultimately a possibility. Now, so I'm not sure I share your opinion that that's a win to me. That's kind of a, a delayed loss. <laughs> well, in, in a win in the sense of, well, yeah, I, I have a different perspective of life, I guess. It's a win in the sense that you, you had nothing but loss. But if you can create the win for your life, that's the win, right? If you go out and you create a whole new life for yourself, that's incredible. It's 10x to where you are now because... I know you're not living the fullness. And when you get to that place and you're doing that three years from now, and she's like, oh, I want to be a part of your life. And you're like, sorry. I mean, that that's pretty amazing that you were able to attract her back because she saw how amazing you were living in your life. And you were living an adventure that she wanted to be a part of. And she chose not to. And you can create that boundary. Sorry, you chose not to live in that boundary. I've now attracted somebody else into my life who wants to be a part of that life. And I'm living my life. Joey, what we got now? Taking a look at the Facebook real quick, because we've got like uh, 50 or so comments on there. Uh, let's see. Appreciate you receiving that as well, Randy. Let's see. Got one that got messaged to me. Caught my wife flirting via text with the neighbor, and she, she said only physical interaction was a kiss. This is five months ago. I've driven myself crazy over the last five months monitoring her. Cameras installed outside the home, GPS tracking, hidden camera, bugging the house and the car and calling her out on every little thing. I don't think she's doing anything else or did anymore, but it's driving me nuts and eroding my mental stability and ruining my family. Yeah. You're, you're burning your marriage down. You're burning it to the ground, Bob. Yeah. From the desire for perceived control and brother, I have so much empathy for you. I truly do. Like, I wish this was not what you were experiencing, but it is. And the truth is all of these little things that we do for control, man, I don't blame you. I have a guy I work with in, a, in, a, in Thrive Plus and he did the same thing. Like I shared this with you, Mark, he bugged like six of her hotel rooms, like bugged the hotel rooms, replayed the recording for her, all for one thing. He wanted her to take ownership that she had done the thing that he already had proof on And I asked him this, and you can ask yourself this question as well. What does her owning this 
make any difference to to you? What does that change? Uh, I think it for me, it would just make it easier to make a clean break and leave. You know, if I had confirmation that she did it, but I haven't been able to get that, which just I'm going to have to accept at some point that I believe her and want to move on um, with our relationship together. Sorry, did what? What do you mean? That it was just a kiss and it was just like a little bit of flirting. But what I was looking for was, was it more, did they actually like have sex? Because that would make it almost easier for me to just end the relationship. So we're just stuck in this shit right now. Is it possible that you're lying to yourself? Uh, I mean, I, I, I don't, I believe that she more happened, but no, what I mean is give it up. when you said, I believe it would make it easier for me to leave the relationship. Why, why is that? Why do you feel like that's a true statement for you? Because I know I could never come back from a, a like a, her having sex with someone. But when you say, you know, it'd be easier. I still don't understand. Why is that easier to you? I don't think it'd be easier emotionally, but it'd be easier for me to make the decision. Got it. So you feel like you're in a place of making a decision right now, left or right, left, I get divorced, right, I stay with her because of this incident where you feel betrayed, essentially. Yeah. I mean, like over the week, uh, last weekend, I was away <clears throat> for work and I bugged the house and her, she had a couple of friends over and yeah, they were talking a little bit of shit about me, but it, I didn't get any additional information regarding anything that went further than a kiss. But, you know, I, called her out on it once I listened to it and then all shit hit the, hit the fan. And, um, so you I'm told her that you bugged the house. I just told her, I heard everything they said and I was writing things down word for word. And she obviously knew. Yeah. You dude, Bob, your marriage is already over. It's been over. You're just in denial. Like, like the fact that you are violating her privacy by bugging her says everything there is to know about you and where you stand. And, her response to that she probably feels deeply betrayed as well like 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 you just fucking it was like you raped her you mentally raped her by listening to her shit that wasn't meant for your ears regardless of what she said was good right bad ugly the fact that you violated trust that's huge especially for women you're talking about emotional connection there's no emotional connection right now i can guarantee you that and so you, you have some big choices to make. And I'm not talking about filing for divorce either. When I say your marriage is over, meaning the marriage you had is completely over. Like the only way forward is to either create a new marriage with her, which means 100% ownership of your shit and your insecurities and you showing up like a little boy and, and, and waiting to see how she responds to her stuff. But ultimately, you have to make that choice for you. Um, I'm just telling you man to man. I, I, I'm not shaming you. I'm not trying to say I understand. I get it 100%. I've been there, right? But once you've done that, you now violate. I did the same thing. I violated her privacy. And by doing so, it violated emotional trust. And so I used manipulation to bring her back, but that wasn't healthy at all. And again, when you have to use manipulation to bring somebody back, you have to use manipulation to keep them. That, there's, there's a huge thing about that. And so many men, that's why we don't focus on saving the marriage because a lot of saving the marriage is manipulating their wife to come back i.e. how can I emotionally connect with you, emotionally reset with you, all this stuff. And it's all for just bringing her back so that you don't feel abandoned, so that you don't feel like it's you know throwing off the things. But yet the little issues, the root causes of this whole thing never gets worked out. 
And I did that multiple times with my ex-wife. I thought, oh, it's saved. We're good. And then it wasn't because we never got to the root of what caused it in the first place. And that's what happens to 98% of these marriages because no one's willing to come to bat, be totally vulnerable, be open, exposed, not about the bad things they did, but about the things they believe, but about the things that they, they brought into the marriage and how they showed up in the marriage. Like this, this all goes back to trauma not being dealt with. This goes back to belief systems not being dealt with. This goes back to all of those things and value systems, right? Your values are probably on two different wavelengths. She values things this way and you value the value things this way. This becomes ultimately you're like almost like looking for the out. And that's essentially what you're doing is like, I'm looking for the out so that it won't be as quote unquote painful. Again, what does that say about you as a man? I'm not asking you to answer that here. This is a, that's a private thing between you and God or whatever. But to ask yourself that, what does that say about me as a man? How, what kind of empowered man does that? Does that make sense? Is that, is that clear, Bob? Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. I'm just, you know, kind of at a fork in the road right now is whether um, I can repair this or, and I kind of feel like shit that I'm the one working to repair this when something that's so fucking hurtful was done to me. I want to be married. I want to be, have my family. I want my kids there, but I know I need to stop doing this shit because it's driving me fucking crazy. Exactly. Exactly. That That right there is the thing, right? If you can just stop doing that, it then ultimately opens up to the reality of what's really happening. Like every time you go to bug, it's like an addiction. It's like, it's like you're, this is how you're dealing with the pain by being addicted to trying to catch her. Y'all hear me now. <laughs> if you're trying to catch your wife doing something, it's your addiction so that it can mask the pain of what you're actually feeling. You feel really hurt and you don't know how to articulate that in a way that's healthy, especially with her. Like, I guarantee your conversations with her are not very deep on a regular level where both of you trust each other enough to where she can be vulnerable and where you can be vulnerable and that you are a safe place for each other. This is a common epidemic in the marriage world because none of us are taught that shit. We, we learn it from our parents. Well, they just made it. They just made it work or whatever. Or you come from divorced parents. And you're like, well, I never saw anything or you didn't have parents really at all. And then you try to get married to somebody. And it's just like, how, how, how is this supposed to work? We both come into this marriage. I mean, imagine walking into your, your married home together and you each have 16 bags of luggage on you. And then you're supposed to like have sex together and you carry the baggage and the luggage wherever you go. And you're supposed to have a family together and you're supposed to you know sleep in the same bed together. But meanwhile, you've got 16 bags of toxicity and garbage and shit from your past that have never been dealt with and never let go that you're holding on to. And you're trying to hold on to all those bags while you're in this relationship. It's impossible. How can you hug each other when you got bags in your hands? How can you have sex with each other when you have bags in front of you and around you? You can't. Maybe you can physically make it happen, but emotionally and spiritually, it's not happening because of all the baggage that you bring into the marriage. And so that's why we teach guys how to let go of that so that they can proceed and have a good marriage. In some cases, it works in, in, in terms of like having a new marriage, but we're never after that. We're never after that. We want, we want a new marriage to be a byproduct of you becoming empowered. How different would your marriage be if you became empowered and your marriage was great again because you became empowered versus you controlling her and you finding out you bugged the house and there was nothing. And after six months, you're like, well, I guess she didn't have the affair. Now you're exhausted, but you didn't grow. You fucking wasted your tears. 
and you go back to doing the same shit again and again and again and again. Um, Joe, where are we at with time? Like we, uh, we can answer one last question. Uh, got two of them. Got one from Bilar and one from Randy. It's not supposed to be this way. Marriage is covenant. Those that cause us as men to handle our own reactions to toxicity poorly. Say that again. It says, I remember you telling us how men struggle with, but it's not supposed to be this way. Marriage is a covenant. How does that cause us as men to handle our reactions to toxicity poorly? Well, it's, it, that's, that has everything to do with values, right? So like, if you value this thing, then your expectation is that. So um, it was once taught to me that frustration is just unmet expectations. Yeah. Right. And so if you have an expectation and it's not being met, you become frustrated. And yeah. so that's where the toxicity comes from. So your expectations can either be lowered, raised, or made the same. Um, and, and if they're not, but if the expectations are not communicated properly, then it's hard to hold somebody accountable to expectations that they don't know about. Yeah. A lot of you, again, it's like we just get into these relationships, we have sex, and we're like, oh, it's amazing. She's hot. Let's get married. Let's go. Let's do this. We're, we have fun together. And you just get married. And then five years later, it's like, fuck. What, what, where am I at? How, how am I here? What, what is this? We have kids now, all these things are happening, but we never actually got together and dealt with this stuff. We never actually talked through our trauma and our triggers and like, what are the things about us that aren't healthy and how do we work together? Because the beauty of marriage and the beauty of partnership like that is that you have one person with, with trauma and baggage and stuff and the other person with trauma and baggage and stuff, and you become vulnerable and you open yourself up to that. And you say, these are the things I struggle with. These are the things that I deal with. These are, these are areas that I know I need to improve. And she says, these are the things I struggle with. And these are the things that I need to improve upon. And you come together and you can literally help heal each other's wounds. Yeah. But what happens is when yeah. you don't communicate, when you don't have effective communication and when you don't have healthy uh, uh, release, if you will, it, you just, you just end up in a toxic cycle and you just continue to stay in this toxic cycle until somebody finally pulls out and files for divorce mm -hmm. or somebody pulls out and goes and gets, has an affair because there's never any type of real vulnerability and because it takes courage to be vulnerable, especially if you're not accustomed to this. Most men that we encounter are not accustomed to talking the way I or Joey do. They're not accustomed to having open, intimate relation, uh, conversations with their partner because it's not what we're taught. And that's why empowerment exists, to help teach you effective communication, to help you own your shit, to help you lead the fucking life that you want to live. Because men that can't connect or through communication live an emotionally isolated life. That leads to depression. That leads to suicide. That leads to addiction. All of that because you don't know how to communicate. Mm -hmm. You can't communicate your needs. You, you can't communicate because you feel shame. You don't feel like your needs are worth it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I just dropped our link there for anyone that wants to have a call with their team. Highly recommend getting on a call with one of our team members. It's the uh, empoweredman.co application. We have a brotherhood called Thrive. A lot of guys have been in it. Um, they're even on this call or still in it, some of them. And I highly recommend you getting on a call with our team to talk about it. Good, Joey. What else? We got another question. We have one more question. This will be the final one. This is from Randy. So we have some context. 
How do you, once you let it go, how do you then connect with your wife? One of you needs to lead it. How do you lead that to open it up? So how do you I've lead got, her to open that up? What's that? Hey, you said, how do you lead her to open that up? Yeah. So I've got a training on this. Um, it's the three things your wife must do to come back to the marriage. I highly recommend just go listening to that, but I'll reiterate essentially what it is here is number one, she has to acknowledge what she's done. Number two, she has to decide to seek help for herself. And then number three, she has to have the desire to actually come back to the marriage. And until those three things are met, we don't, you don't have a marriage. You have nothing. You literally have nothing. So you can be, it, 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 I, I look at it this way, man, is just become attractive. And I don't mean just physically, like physically is always a part of it, right? For men, like go work out, things like that's fine, but become attractive emotionally. Like mm -hmm. look at what, what are the things that I can do that are going to be creative things that are going to be cultured. Right. So like, for example, I'll tell some guys, Hey, go take art classes, go do one of those wine and paint things. Number one, you probably will beat some ladies there. I'm just saying, but go do some wine and paint things. Go, go do some sort of art thing because art is therapy for one. It helps release trauma and pain. It's really effective at that, but do something like that. Take a wine tasting class. Um, take a vacation to somewhere you never went. I never been to Seattle, Washington. And during my divorce, I was like, you know what? I'm gonna go to Seattle, Washington. And I went for a weekend. I didn't know where I was going. Didn't know what I was gonna do. Uh, I went to the Pike place market. It was all during COVID. So like nothing was open, <laughs> but like I got out of my comfort zone and went somewhere by myself. I went to Florida. I did the same thing there. There was places I hadn't gone. I also used that as part of my healing journey. So I mean, like doing things that are outside of your comfort zone is one of the most effective tools you can use to create attraction in you. Because when your wife sees that you're not just the same old plain Jane, same guy, she's always known that you're just going to kind of do your thing, do your whatever. And like, she starts to see that you're enjoying life. That is one of the most attractive things you can do. So it starts with that as you enjoying life, you creating an adventure that she gets to partake in if she's allowed to. But again, I don't let her take, I don't let her come into my adventure until she's acknowledged what's happened. She has begun to work on herself and has a desire to actually come back to the marriage. Until then, boundaries are up. You don't get access to this heart. You don't get to be a safe place with me. I, we're not going to have those types of conversations. And by you doing that, she's either going to be completely turned off like, oh, well, fuck you then, blah, 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 because she can't have her cake and eat it too. Or she's going to lean in and be super intrigued. Like, man, what's going on with Randy? He seems really happy these days. Hey, so just notice you've been happy lately. What's, what's up? Nothing. Just taking some art classes, just doing some things. Just enjoying life. I've made a choice to enjoy life. That's it. Brevity. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. And that makes them intrigued. Like, man. He seems different. Women notice these things. So if you truly, truly, truly want to have that opportunity, that is the secret. It's to become a man that is empowered in every aspect of life that he's thriving. And he's not allowing this shit to control and, and, and like get him upset and get him off. And if she can't come back to you because she's like, well, he doesn't want to be with me. Guess what? She's also manipulating you. And she probably doesn't want to be with you in the first place. She just likes the idea or misses the idea of you going after her and pursuing her. Once you stop the pursuing, we call it the concept of neutral woman and empowered man. Once you stop pursuing, it creates a vacuum in her and she gets to choose like, oh shit, should I lean into this or lean out of this? And many times they lean into it and they're like, well, huh, something's different with him. I want to know what's going on. That's all I got. Awesome, man. Awesome. Appreciate you expanding on that. I don't have much to add there. 
Um, but I agree completely. I appreciate all the questions that guys showed up with today. And as Mark shared earlier, if you haven't spoken with someone from our team to get out of where you're at and move the needle closer to where you want to be, click that link, check it out. Say what Realistically, if you don't have a grid for navigating where you are currently at, speak with them. It's no skin off your back. They'll see if we can actually help you. They'll get a little bit of information about what's actually happening. And then if anything, give you a game plan and point you in the right direction regardless. But realistically, guys, if everything that's happening right here, right now, isn't where you want to be, that is a firm indicator. It's time to do something different. So this is your sign. Guys, I appreciate you all being here and I'll see you on the next one. Peace. Hey, thanks again for joining us on this episode of Empowered AF 2.0. If you're new here, thanks for checking out this episode. And I encourage you to take a visit back to the first episodes in this podcast. Look, we have over 50 episodes on the foundations of how to be an empowered man. I'm talking about in your relationship with your wife, your kids, your work, your boss, whoever and whomever. And I highly suggest you take some time to listen and gain some insight and knowledge from those episodes. And hey, if you want to connect with me deeper, be sure to check out the Empowered Man group. That's empoweredman.co slash group empoweredman.co slash group for latest information and to join our group of other men who are wanting to be empowered just like you. Until then, this is Mark signing off, Empowered AF 2.0.